Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Devil in the Detail. I'm Rob Hackson and I'm here talking all things Sulfur and Devils. Join the show this week. We've got Sulfur and Devils ladies star Brogan Evans talking to us about her rugby league career so far at time at Salford. So before Brogan, we've got White Size World Rugby League with Paul. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report and, of course, the World of Rugby League. We'll start off this week with the National Conference League. Um, some of the games, well, most of the games were played midweek with it being the Challenge Cup on Thursday and Friday last week. But in Division 2, um, on Thursday night, Waterhead Warriors continued their winning run. They beat East Leeds by 44 points to 6. On Friday night, Rochdale Mayfield had a good win. They won away from home at Wigan St. Pat's by 38 points to 16. The fixtures for this week... We're back to normal, we're back to Saturday the 19th of August. In the Premier Division, it's Hull Dockers against Rochdale Mayfield. In Division 2, Milford face Waterhead Warriors. Saddleworth at home to Normanton Knights. And in Division 3, top of the shop, Oldham St. Anne's travel to Beverly. So the league tables, Rochdale Mayfield stay fourth. They're just six points from the top. They've got a game in hand as well. In Division 2, Waterhead Warriors stay four points clear at the top of the table of Dewsbury Moor Maroons, and they've got a game in hand, so they, they're progressing to promotion and uh, into the title as well, having a tremendous season. Saddleworth Rangers stay 10th, they're on 12 points, and in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne stay top, they're um, above Ellenborough Rangers on points difference with 13 wins from their 17 games so far. Turning our attention to the North West Men's League, there was just a couple of results last weekend. There was a midweek game on Wednesday night in Division 4. That was Bankey Bulls 40, Bolton 18. On Saturday in Division 3, Higginshaw 24, Rochdale Hornets 0. And this week's fixtures are back to normal on Saturday the 19th. In Division 1, it's followed in against Ulverston. Salford City Roosters play Wigan Springview. Sorry, Wigan St Cuthberts. I can't read sometimes. Me. Wigan St. Cuthbert face off for City Roosters. West Horton Lions have got Dalton and Wigan Springview play Caddy's Ed Rhinos. In Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield 8 are at home to Walney Central. In Division 3, Langworthy Reds have got Rochdale Hornets. Waterhead Warriors A face Crossfields A and West Bank Bears face Higginshaw. In Division 4, there's one fixture between Bolton and the Bank Keebles. Well, last weekend there was just one result in the Women's Super League. That was in the South. It was the semi-final. It was Cardiff Demons 74, Bedford Tigers 8. The fixtures for this week are all going to be played on Sunday the 20th of August. The Betfred Women's Super League Group 1 is Huddersfield against St. Helens, Leeds against Warrington Wolves, Wigan against York. And in the Group 2, it's Bradford against Barrow Raiders, Castleford against Featherstone, and Lee Leopards face Salford Red Devils. That game kicks off at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Well, moving on to the NRL Championship, it was round 24 this week just gone. Melbourne Storm 48, Canberra Raiders 2, Manly Seagulls 12, Penrith Panthers 24, Cronulla Sharks 36, Gold Coast Titans 6, Brisbane 54, Parramatta Reels 10, South Sydney Rabbitohs 26, St George 14, West Tigers 30, 22, New Zealand Warriors 30, Sydney Roosters 30, the Dolphins 14 and Newcastle Knights 42, Canterbury Bulldogs 6. The fixtures for this week gets underway on Thursday the 17th. North Queensland Cowboys face Cronulla Sharks. There's two televised games on Friday between New Zealand Warriors and Manly Sea Eagles. Parramatta also face Sydney Roosters. On Saturday 6am it's West Tigers against the Dolphins. The televised game is Gold Coast against Penrith at 8.30. St George face Melbourne Storm at 10.35. And on Sunday it's rounded off with two matches between Newcastle Knights and South Sydney Rabbitohs and Canberra Raiders against the Canterbury Bulldogs. 
We're looking at the NRL Premiership table. Penrith Panthers stay top of 38. Brisbane have got 38. Penrith have got a game in hand, though. Then it's New Zealand Warriors with 34, having a great season. Uh, Melbourne Storm, 32. Cronulla, 30. Canberra Raiders, 30. Newcastle Knights, 29. And then South Sydney Rabbitohs have got 28. Just outside the playoffs, Queensland Cowboys have got 28. Parramatta, 26. Sydney Roosters, 26. Manly Seagulls, 25. Then there's a gap then to Gold Coast and the Dolphins, who've both got 22. Canterbury have got 20. So there's still a chance for those sides outside. It's a very close uh, league table, that Premiership. But Penrith and Brisbane going great guns at the top. They're, uh, they're both four points clear of the New Zealand Warriors. So we'll move back now to uh, domestic uh, rugby league. It was a massive weekend in the domestic calendar. The Challenge Cup finals at Wembley, fantastic it was. We talked about the semi-finals, they were great games, both of them. Um, but the, the final lived up to all expectations. Hulk R 16, Lee Leopard 17. Lee had 10-8 at half-time. It was a late drive from Parcel to level the scores. Video referee was called upon. There's about five minutes of checking that. The game went to extra time. Culkings uh, and Rovers failed to find touch from a penalty. Mortal sin that really Then Lee went down the other end Lachlan Lamb Calm as anything Dropped a goal in the 84th minute The 4th minute of injury time To win the game for uh, Lee 17 points to 16 Their first Challenge Cup final victory Since 1971 52 years And they've won the, the uh, trophy again so Congratulations to everybody involved at Lee It was a tremendous match And uh, tremendous to see them uh, lift the trophy The 1895 Cup final didn't let down either Halifax led 8-0 at half time In that game And they won the game 12-10 Batley Bulldog scored a fantastic try right at the end of the game but couldn't convert it was uh, Hooli who couldn't convert off the touchline it was Elliot Keir who got the try in the 80th minute and um, Halifax Panthers won that game 12 points to 10 congratulations to Ryan Lannan and Dan Murray who were both in the Halifax side as well there was a game in uh, round 14 Friday night London Scholars played Doncaster um, and London Scholars nil Doncaster 60 that one finished and the Women's Challenge Cup final didn't disappoint either uh, St Helens 32 uh, sorry, that was a, a league game. The, the Women's uh, Challenge Cup final, St. Helens won 22 points to 8 in that final. Some fantastic tries as well. They led 16-0, uh, I think, in the first half, and uh, Leeds came back quite well in that game and made a real fist of it. 22 points to 8. There was a game in Super League on Sunday. That was St. Helens against Huddersfield. That finished St. Helens 32, Huddersfield 18. That was their game in hand from the obviously with the World Club Challenge. So the fixtures this week, Huddersfield have got Salford, that's at 7.45 on Friday night in the Super League. St. Helens have got Hulk at 8 o'clock. Wakefield face Castleford, the televised game at 8 o'clock. That is a massive game. Wigan have got Hull on Friday night at 8 o'clock as well. Betfred Championship, half past seven. Sheffield Eagles against Featherstone. On Saturday, Lee Leopards face Catalan at 3 o'clock. That game's on Sky Television. Uh, Toulouse Olympic have got Swinton uh, Lions at 5 o'clock in the Championship. On Sunday... At 3 o'clock, it's Leeds against Warrington Wolves in the Super League. All the games kick off at 3 in the Betfred Championship. That's Bradford against Newcastle, Keithley against Batley, London against Halifax and Witness against York. Same replies in Betfred League 1. 3 o'clock kickoffs all round. It's Doncaster against Cornwall, Hunslet against London Scholars and Rochdale Hornets face Oldham in a big derby at Spotland. On Monday night, there's one game in the Championship. That's Whitehaven against Barrow and that's a big Cumbrian derby. That's at 7.45 and that is on the Viaplay channel. So the league tables haven't changed. Can't Catalan stay top of the Super League, Featherstone the top of the Championship and Juice Rams are already champions in Betfred League 1. That's all I've got for you this week. Take care, have a good week and I shall see you hopefully on Friday night at Huddersfield for Salford's massive game against the Huddersfield Giants. So that was White Side's World Rugby League and now we're joined by Salford Devils ladies star Brogan Evans. Welcome to the show, Brogan. Uh, how did you get into Rugby League? Hi Rob, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I actually started off as a rugby union player. 
I started at university, mainly for the social aspect, if I'm being honest with you, and then completely fell in love with it. I'd always done like boxing, football, wrestling as a kid, so I suppose rugby kind of encompassed all that and brought it all together in a sport that I, I ultimately fell in love with. After university, I joined a local club team, who, and then I met a name you might recognise, actually, Michelle Davies. And we played together at Birkenhead Park. And then she went on to play league for Wigan and then obviously on to Warrington. Um, and I remember seeing on social media, I remember seeing her signing autographs for kids and, and a shirt with her name on the back. And I, I'll be honest, I was a little bit jealous. I wanted that. And she came back to play a game for Park. And I remember seeing how far she'd come on from playing league. Her skills had gone up tenfold. She became a different player. And I thought, you know what? I wish I'd gone with you. I wish I'd gone to try league too. We had a conversation at the end. It ended up with her kind of encouraging me to come and try a league. So I did. I went to Warrington. I had a trial. I got in and then found myself suddenly playing Super League, even though I didn't even know the rules, and trying to learn my job on the go. And at first it was it was scary. I wasn't a big fan. I missed Union. But now I can't imagine going back. I think I enjoy the intensity. I enjoy the speed. I enjoy the ball skills of league that I don't think Union quite has. I think because you've only got the five phases, it ends up you have to do more exciting to watch. And I think with fitness being quite a, like a massive part of my life, obviously I'm a personal trainer when I'm not playing rugby. Fitness is like my go-to, my work ethic, my work rate on the pitch. I like the fitness element of league. How did you move to Salford come about? What was it like moving to a team that was completely new? Yeah, I played a, a full season at Warrington. It was quite a tough one to take actually because I was kind of promised the world in that first season with them and said, was told that I'd make a massive part of their um, their next season and then was dropped and told they don't have time to, to teach me the rules and to, and to make me into the player they promised they would make me. So it was quite a tough one to take, actually. But I think it's really important for every player to kind of experience that and it makes you want You can go one or two ways. You can either use that to fuel you and drive you to make you a better player and a stronger person or you can kind of give up. And obviously, ultimately, I knew Lobby and Lauren who played for the Lunas and sometimes we used to have joint sessions together, the Super League team and the Lunas. I knew them from that. And I saw on social media they'd gone and, and signed for this new team, this new team I'd never heard of. And they were up and coming and there's like press releases and it was really big. And I remember following them for a little while thinking, mm, this is interesting, I'll keep an eye on that. And I was speaking to them after they mentioned coming down to try out. But at the time I didn't drive, so I had no way of getting to them from Salford. And I was finishing my union county season. I was um, captain of county and I finished the season with them. So I couldn't come over until that had finished or until I'd passed my driving test. Completing all that, I came over and had a trial. Um, every player at Salford has a four-session trial before they're allowed in the team and the coaches are adamant they're not just looking for players who've got good talent, they're looking for people who fit in with the team as well because I think our team ethic and our team environment is such a massive part of, of what makes Salford Salford. A lot of teams don't quite have that. They don't quite get on the way we get on. We're ultimately a giant family. Dysfunctional, weird and wonderful, but we are one big family. I remember the coaches introduced me to the team as this player who had loads of experience. And that added a lot of pressure because I didn't have experience in the league. I had no idea what I was doing. But hopefully over time I've kind of proved myself and I've proved myself to be a, a good member of the team. Last season was tremendous success with our league title win and cup success as well. What were your personal highlights? Yeah, last season was an absolute whirlwind. There were moments there where we felt unstoppable. I think the moment I took away from last season is, I wouldn't say a highlight, but I think it's the, the moment I keep coming back to was that playoff final when we lost. Obviously, we were winning at half-time and it all fell apart in the second half. And I think every single one of us, I think all of us, that's the moment we remember the most from last season. And we've used it to fuel us this year. I think it's very easy to play in a league where you're battering teams and you're winning week after week. But we never then learn to lose as a team. We never learn to be behind as a team and how we get around each other. And I think that's shown this year at times. We, we, we never really learn how to lose as a team. And I think that's something that we're actively trying to really work on this year. Because we're, we're, we took a massive step up. We're playing at a higher level now and we're not going to batter teams every week. 
we're going to have to fight for it. We're going to have to dig deep. We're going to have to be more gritty. And I think that started with that playoff final last year. You were selected for the England Community Lions at the end of last season. What was that like? Yeah, it was an absolute honour to be selected to play for England Community Lions. I think eight of us in total went down to trials and I was the only person who was selected in the end, which was obviously disappointing for my teammates. But for me personally, it was really overwhelming. I'm not the most socially confident person. I do rely on the people around me to kind of get me through that social aspect of, of rugby in the game. And suddenly I felt quite alone being surrounded by people that I didn't know and who didn't know me and didn't know my little quirks and the, and the support that I sometimes need in games. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that. But what I loved, to be fair, was the fact that my teammates came down to watch the game and they were so supportive and I could hear them cheering from the sidelines and that kind of got me through. And it was cool to train and play at a higher level in some aspects. That meant that I could take drills and skills that we learned at Community Lions, take it back to our team. For example, the kind of marker play system we're working on now at training is something that I'd done with, with Community Lions before. We were originally meant to play against Wales and Ireland, both those community teams dropped out so then it was decided we'd play against England Knights which was you know quite exciting they were England's second team there were names that I recognised from from competition level and then that pulled out as well so we ended up playing against England Dice which is like the England's academy but I suppose these are all future England stars these are all the young kids coming up through the academy and, and going to go on to play for England one day it was, it was good quite healthy competition I think we were winning quite comfortably at half time and then obviously they're younger fitter and faster than we were so as we tied Started to tire a little bit, they came back a little bit, but we did come away with the win in the end. You had a positional change in the off-season, interchange hooker to lose forward. How did you feel about that positional change? Obviously, when you first come to a new team, you can't walk straight on the pitch. You kind of have to fight for it and earn your place and earn that respect from your teammates. So a lot of last season for me was about that interchanging hooker role with Taz um, and learning the game. And Taz is a phenomenal player and an even nicer person. She took me under a wing massively. And taught me everything that I know now today about about playing the hooker and even the rules of league, which I didn't know too well before. And quite quickly, I think coaches realised how well me and Taz play together on the pitch. When we're in the middles, especially on them fast play of the balls, when of the marker and the other teams to ground, which creates quite dangerous at times. So I think that's what this new um, loose forward role about was about for me. It was about um, bringing some speed into the middle and working with Taz for them fast play of the balls. And so far, so good. It's working all right. Statistically. You are among the top ball carriers and tacklers in both Super League 1 and 2. We've seen it all with your all-action style of play. You're a top, top player. Does it make you feel competing with the very best in Super League? Do you know what? I've said it once and I'll say it again. Like, I'm not the fastest player on the pitch. I'm not the best player on the pitch. I'm not the best tackler on the pitch. But I make it my effort to make sure that I, I'm damn well sure when I leave that pitch that I work the hardest. And I think that's where my stats come from this year. And it's something that I am proud of. What do you think the difference is uh, between Super League and uh, Championship level? Super League has been a massive step up for us from Championship. And I think at times that has shown. It's not just about what we do in our two training sessions a week now. It's about what we do in our spare time too. About that fitness and conditioning we put ourselves through to make ourselves game ready. And that's got to be accountable to each player. It's not something that can be monitored and enforced by coaches really. It's about how much we want it as individuals. And we're still working on that. Equally, I think it's really hard that, obviously, Super League women, we're not all paid. Um, we all work full-time jobs around rugby, so some of our players come off a 12-hour shift to come to training or come to a game and they're shattered. They haven't got much left to give. And I think that's the, such a hard bit about where women's sport is at the moment, is that we're still having to work full-time and play Super League. And both are full-time jobs, essentially. Off the field, you do some coaching. Tell us all about that. I started coaching as a rugby union coach. I coach um, Liverpool John Moore's University women's team. 
um, and I have for the last, I think this is my third season this year. And this is the first year really I've gone into coaching league. So I started with Salford, coaching the like hub of excellence for young players in the area who wanted to come in and get some extra coaching. And that led into helping out for a little, for a little bit with Salford City Roosters, setting up their girls team. And then after from there, I started doing some one-to-ones. So young people who play for local clubs in the area um, and want to boost their kind of skills come for a one-to-one session with me. Just want to do a quick shout out for Tedmund, who I coach, who is the most phenomenal young man with the most epic hair, who's going to go on to do great and wonderful things in the rugby world. And equally, his younger sister, Biff, who said she wants to be a professional rugby player. And I think that says a lot with the way the world's changing, the way women's sport's changing, that a young girl wants to be a professional rugby player. Absolutely love that. So look out for both those names in the England rugby team in the future. I also want to do a shout out for Carrie who's Emma Hickey's girlfriend, because Emma Hickey forgot to do a shout-out for her and she was a little bit annoyed, so shout-out for you, Carrie. We're currently fourth in Super League 2, in the mix for a home playoff spot. Are you excited about the challenges ahead for the season? <laughs> I don't quite think excited the word for it. Maybe poo my pants is a little bit more appropriate. No, but in all seriousness, I think at the start of the season, we said it wasn't for us about winning the league. It was about building game by game, ready for that playoffs. Um, obviously, we knew we didn't win the league. We had to win playoffs, say, in Super League due to that change in the, the shuffle in the leagues again next year. So for us, it's about building and building the relationships, building our team up, ready for playoffs. And I think we have been building to that. We have got better game by game. We didn't have the best start to the season. Now we've won two games on the bounce. And we're looking forward to going playing against Lee next week. So let's have it. Do you think last season's success and playing intense games give you an advantage going to the playoff series this season? I don't think there's such thing as an advantage um, going into playoffs. I think you've got to take each game as it comes. Sometimes it comes down to which team wants it more in that moment and which team's willing to fight for it the, the most. Um, and we've just got to make sure when playoff comes that that team is us, ultimately. Lee away on Sunday will be tough, but we're coming off a run of victories, so you must be going to the contest confident uh, of recording an away win. I'm one of them players who thinks there's a fine line between confidence and complacency. I think just because we've won two games, we've also got to bear in mind those are two games we've won against teams we'd, we'd beat earlier in the season. We've not beat Lee yet, and to be fair to them, I think they're the only team in the league this year we've played against who are really good at that nice long pass out to the wing and they've got pace on the wing to back it up. And that's something we hadn't come across before. So it's something we've been working out loads on trade and how we shut that down defensively. So I'm more confident than I was going to the last game against them, but not in any way to say that I think it's going to be an easy battle because it's not. We're going to have to fight for it. Big thanks for joining us, Brogan, and uh, good luck on Sunday and the rest of the season. So that was Brogan Evans talking to us ahead of the big game against Lee on Sunday. Big thanks for joining us on this podcast and we'll see you soon for more Salford Devils chat on Your Devil in the Detail.